Traders Point, how we doing? Hey, it's so good to be with you. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors around here. To everyone at the campuses, everyone watching online, welcome. So good to be with you. And today we are in this series, Modnik. Modnik. All right, I'm moment of vulnerability while we kick things off. When I found out we were doing this series, I did not know what Modnik meant, all right? And that's kind of a big deal. You know, if I'm at Lowe's and they're like, hey, where are the Modniks at, which aisle? And I don't know, that's okay. But when it's here and I kind of, you know, have to preach about it, it's a big deal. I was like trying to find ways to get Aaron to talk about it. Like, hey, can you tell these guys uh, what Modnik is? They don't know. They don't know what it is. Um, could you tell them for, for, for them? Uh, but no, maybe you're here and you don't know either. No shame in that. We're in this together. Modnik is simply kingdom spelled backwards, all right? The trickery. And maybe you're thinking, kingdom, this is America. Also true, this is America, but we know what kingdoms are. Kingdoms have existed for thousands of years. They still exist to this day. And a lot of kingdoms are, have some of the same things, right? You have a king, you have a queen, you have someone overseeing a territory and a group of people, like that's a kingdom. But maybe you don't know about the first kingdom and it's God's kingdom. You see, we believe that God created everything, the heavens, the earth, the moon, the stars, every animal, and then he created us. And he looked at everything that he created and said, this is good, this, this is real good. I really outdid myself with all of this, wow. And then he decided in this kingdom to give us dominion, we oversaw everything. But the kingdom was short-lived. You see, you have this Adam and you have this Eve, they're doing life and they get kind of tempted by this snake, by the devil, and comes in and throws things off. Adam and Eve go against God's kingdom and the kingdom falls. And now they get ushered into this new kingdom where this serpent, the devil, is actually the prince. And he's literally the worst prince ever. But God does not give up on us. He does not give up on Adam and Eve. And the rest of time, the rest of the Bible as we read it is God lovingly and patiently trying to get us back into his kingdom, trying to get things back to the way they were, the way that he intended, back to when he said this is good. That, that's God. Enter Jesus. Jesus would step on the scene as they began his ministry. He talked a lot about God's kingdom. You know, we have four accounts of the life of Jesus, and with all of them, we have 126 mentions of kingdom. Jesus talked about this a lot. The kingdom is here, the kingdom is at hand. And he talked about it a lot, but people were still a little confused. People didn't know exactly what to do with all of this kingdom. They thought they knew, but Jesus was trying to tell them, hey, this is gonna be different than what you think. Like his disciples followed him around and they kept asking questions like, hey, they, they do it like this, shouldn't, shouldn't we be doing it like this? Or hey, they say it like this over there, should we be saying it like that? And then the other religious leaders, they would come up and they wouldn't, question, they wouldn't ask questions, they just straight up questioned. They said, you cannot do this. You cannot operate the way that you are operating, stop it. And Jesus over and over again would say, hey, hey you got it wrong. You're trying to judge me by human standards. You're trying to make this kingdom that I came to bring make sense, but you can't because this is the kingdom of earth. 
And I'm not a human kingdom. I'm not a human king. This is from heaven. This is from God. And so am I. And this is going to be different. That's one of my favorite things that Jesus says when he's going around. He turns to his people and he says, hey, hey, listen, listen. I don't care what's going on around there. Among you, it will be different. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm different. Now turn to the person on your other side and say, but, but like a good different, not a weird different. It's different. It reminds me of growing up. Um, I would always want to do something or be somewhere that I probably shouldn't have been doing or going. But I would go to my mom and I would say, hey, mom, can I go? And over and over again, she would say, no. You can't go, but I was ready for that. I have co-signed more people's parents to things than anything. Anybody else ever do this? No, 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 you didn't hear me. But Eric's mom already said that he could go. Can I go? Anybody know what my mom would say? No. She, she would look at me and she'd say, do I look like Eric's mom? Eric's not mine, he's not my son. No, no, for you, this is going to be different. For you, you live in my kingdom. For you, you live under my rules. For you, it is going to be different. You don't need to worry about different. I'm not his mama, okay? You let Eric worry about Eric. This is going to be different. And that's what this series is all about. So maybe if you're here for the first time, or maybe you're here and you don't really believe in God, and we just wanna say you picked a great time to come, please come back and back again. This series is really what we are all about. This series is all about God's kingdom, which it, it shapes everything that we do. So each week, we're looking at a different letter that makes up the word modnik and kind of breaking it down. So last week, we kicked things off, if you hear, with M, which stood for more is less. And this week, we're going to take a look at the second word, which is O. And for today, this stands for others first, right? Others first. Now, this is kind of a big thing that maybe you've heard for most of your life. And chances are, if you're anything like me, this came up a lot. And it was usually behind one thing. It was the golden rule. Anybody here remember the golden rule, right? Four of you, good, uh, I don't know where you guys went. The golden rule was plastered everywhere, on every bulletin board, every hallway, I knew what the golden rule was. It was to treat other people how you wanted to be treated. I knew the golden rule. Now, if you would have asked me, who said it first? Where did we get this idea for a golden rule? I would not have known. If you would ask me, who started this? George Washington. No, uh, Thomas Jefferson, 0 for 2. No, it was neither one of those guys. This idea, this golden rule, this idea to put others first, it comes right from the teaching of Jesus. Look at this. Jesus says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the, the prophets. Everyone say this with me, essence. This is the essence of it all. Jesus goes as far as to say, to do to others as you want them to do you, to you. This is the essence. Behind every law in God's kingdom is this. Do to others how you would want them to do 
to you. And Jesus not only preached this, he lived it out. He was an example of this over and over again. And what we're gonna look at today is probably one of the best examples of Jesus putting others first. And there's so much here for us to get. So we're gonna be in John chapter 13, starting in verse one. If you don't have a Bible, no worries. Everything will be on the screen behind me. But John chapter 13, starting in verse one. Sorry if I didn't give you enough time. Next time use the table of contents, all right? Don't have too much pride. Use it and you'll get there. John chapter 13. It says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, the snake is back, son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus. Now Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and he would return to God. So what we're doing is we're jumping into a night out with the crew. This is Jesus and 12 of his closest friends and there's a lot of detail just in those first few sentences. So we know that it is time for dinner, everyone's getting together, but this is not any normal dinner. There's a lot going on. It says that Jesus knows that his hour has come. He knows that he's about to be murdered. And on top of that, he not only knows he's about to be killed, he knows who's about to betray him. And it's not somebody that he hasn't met yet, it's not someone down the road, it's someone that is sitting down at his table to eat with him. This is at the very end of his ministry. So what is he gonna do? What do you say in a moment like this? You do something that is unforgettable. You talk about the thing that is the most important. You do something that reminds them of, hey, this is the essence of it all. Look at what Jesus chooses to do. It says, so he got up from the table, he took off his robe, he wrapped a towel around his waist and he poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had on around him. What? And maybe if you're reading this, it almost just seems normal. Like, oh, that's a nice thing that they used to do. For the host to get up and just start washing everyone's feet. This was not normal. This was absurd. This was backwards. This was different than anyone had ever seen before. To think that the leader, the teacher, this guy that they're calling Lord would get down and wash their feet. But I know we're 2,000 years removed from this. So let's, let's just start with some common ground. Today, feet are gross, right? Feet are gross. Feet are gross today and they're covered with shoes and socks and we take showers all the time and we drive places so that we're not walking. These feet were gross. They did not have cars. They did not have, they walked anywhere and everywhere and they were not walking on the Monon, all right? They were walking on dirt and mud and poop. Yeah, I said it. And there was nothing to cover these things. They were walking around in sandals that covered maybe 4% of their feet, all right? Just not even as much as like a thong sandal. That's what these guys were walking around with and it's dinner time. They've been walking on these bad boys all day. Their dogs are barking. It is disgusting. And they're sitting down and Jesus does the unthinkable. He pours the water and one by one, he begins to wash their feet. 
you can just feel like the air would have been sucked out of the room. No one would have known what to say, but you can't say no, can you? It's Jesus. Like I can just picture a lot of like shoulder shrugs and mouthing things to one another of like, I'm, I'm not gonna say anything. It's kind of nice, all right? He's really good at it, all right? It's, I'm not surprised, he's good at everything, but this is pretty nice. No, I'm good. Everyone's going with it, everyone's cool until it's Peter's turn. Now, for anyone in the room that doesn't know who Peter is, think of the person in your life that just says exactly what they're thinking when they're thinking it. They don't have what we would call a filter, right? There's nothing to catch a thought before it just comes out and then everyone has to deal with it. Like it becomes Peter's turn and then look at what happens. Jesus comes to him. Look at this. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, come on, are you gonna wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Now, everyone's uncomfortable. No one knows what to do. But then it comes to Peter, and you can almost picture like the disciples like trying to get him to stand down. Like James going up to him, like, Peter, just sit down. And he's like, Bro, get your hands off me. I'm not, no, I'm not. Touch me again, touch me again. And they'll be washing your face from the blood, all right? Listen, Jesus, bro, grab the wine. Let's get back to dinner. Let's have a good time. You are never, ever going to wash my feet. I can't let you do this for me. And just real quick, anyone here have a hard time accepting good things from God? Anyone here have a hard time believing that God wants to do good things for you? This idea that God wants to serve you, and not even just God, other people. Is it hard for you to accept that when other people want to put you first, you dodge, you kind of deflect everything, say, no, 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 I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a part of that. I know I do. And that's what Peter is doing here. He's saying, no, I, I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't like this idea that you are gonna do this. So sorry, I'm not sorry. Get up, Jesus. This isn't gonna happen. Not now, not ever. Look at Jesus' response. Jesus responded, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. <laughs> how the tables have turned. Like he goes from, Jesus, get up, let's get back to dinner. You're not gonna wash my feet until this one line that Jesus says. He says, no, 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 you, you don't get it. Unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. And Peter almost backpedals out of the room. He's like, Jesus, why didn't, you, why didn't you lead with that? Why didn't you just start saying, hey, unless I wash you, if I would have known I wouldn't have made a scene like this, for sure wash my feet. And then he goes to like trying to get naked in the middle of this living room. He's like, let's do a bath. Let's do the whole thing. Cause I don't know what exactly, I need, I don't know, all right? I'm confused. What do you want me to do, Jesus? And Jesus looks at him, he's like, you don't get it. Um, you, you never get it, um, but please God, keep your shirt on. Um, that's not what this is. And then he's gonna tell us exactly what this is and why it's so important, why this is the essence of everything. Look at this. He says, after washing the feet, their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? 
Because you call me teacher and Lord, and, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. So here it is. He's been with these guys long enough to know that if there's a takeaway from the day, chances are they've missed it. So after he puts the water away, he puts his shirt back on, he says, hey, I wanna make sure everyone gets this because time is of the essence, I'm about to leave and what I just did is the essence of it all so you can't miss this because I'm gonna be leaving and then you are gonna be my representatives. You're the ones that are actually gonna advance the kingdom of God. All right, so you have to get this. And this is the example. Because I'm your Lord, because I'm your teacher, and even I was willing to do this, I want you to go and to do what I did. Wash each other's feet, serve one another. This is what God says, this is it. This is the most important thing. Do to others what I have done to you. And if we could just take a pause for a second. And if you wanna know what separates God's kingdom from everything else you will find, it is that God was willing to do for you. This is not a system or a kingdom based on, hey, how many good days do you have? How hard have you worked? Maybe come back later, wait until the end of your life. No, this kingdom says the king went first. The king took the form of a servant. The king went first with washing their feet. The king went first with reconciling the kingdom that we broken, that we had broke. The King went first with loving me and you. If you know that God is a good king who went first, if you know that he was willing to do for you, let's celebrate that today. If you are thankful. And this is what he came to bring me and you. This is the example. And how does that translate? What exactly is he saying there? Well, simply put, he's saying, put others first. That if you wanna know what my kingdom is about, you wanna know how it operates, it's very different than anything you've ever experienced. It's different than what your gut and your heart and your mind will say at a lot of times. But what I'm telling you is for you, it is different. And he says, put others first. Now, no one's hearing this and saying, no. No one's hearing, oh, put others first. Treat people how I want to be treated, serve others. What, are you trying to get me arrested? Like, I can't go out here doing that type of stuff to other people. No. Like, I believe that there is a whole bunch of good in us that wants to do these things. We want to serve other people. We want to put others first. But there's all these things that kind of creep up into our lives and steal the opportunities. They stop us from being able to serve other people, to put them first. And I just wanna go over a few of those things, the, the big ones that I think steal a lot of our opportunities to put others first and to bring God's kingdom everywhere we go. And the first one is time. Time, right? Time's a big one. Time comes up in every conversation that I have. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, just wish I had more time, you know? Oh, I know, I know. How you doing? Good, just wish I had more time. I would love to do more, I would love to be more involved, I would love to start that or begin this, or I just don't have the time. And it's not just here at church, it's in every aspect of our lives. You're at work, you're at school, that email comes across, that uh, service day or, or make a difference day, whatever the subject line is, and you read it, 
and you think, that's a, that's a good thing. That, that, man, wow, I should, I should do this. I should be a part of what they're doing here. Huh, delete. <laughs> I just don't have the time. And for a lot of us, we live with this mindset of, yeah, we know what Jesus said. We know we should put others first, but now is just not a good time, but soon we'll have more of it. And then when I get that, then I'll put others first. Then I'll be more generous with my time. But right now I gotta, I gotta knock out school. And then after you finish school, it's like, well, I gotta find a job. And then I gotta settle into the job. And then, well, I just got married and I gotta handle this and I gotta pay off the debt. But then one day when time slows down, then I will be more generous. And this is a lie. Time never frees itself up. It takes me and you making decisions and saying, no, no, this is important. The Jesus has told us this is the essence of it all. So starting today, I have to put others first. That's what I love about the example that Jesus gives here. It's, it's so powerful because it's one thing to put off serving when you think you have a better season coming. It's a whole different thing to serve when you know this is the last season. It's a whole different thing to put other people first when you know that you're about to be murdered. That's where Jesus is. He knows death is coming, but that does not stop him from this opportunity to serve the people around him. He shows us that there is never a wrong time to serve the person in front of you. There is never a wrong time to put other people before yourself. This is the essence of it all, and time is never gonna free itself up. We have to make the choice to put others first. That's a big one, time. I would say the other one that kind of stops us from being able to put others first, maybe more than anything else, is a title. Like a lot of us, we want to do something, we just don't know exactly what we would do. So then we think about, well, what gifts do we have? What strengths do we have? And then we try to match that up, like some match.com thing where then I'll find the perfect serving opportunity. When I find that, then I will be more involved. I just don't know if I can do any of the things that are going on around me, I, I, I'll just wait and I hear you. And if you're here today and you're serving in a spot where you feel like your gifts and your abilities match up with exactly how you serve, that is incredible. Praise God that you get to do that. Jesus had those moments. Jesus not only did the, the washing of the feet, he did some pretty big, powerful, amazing things. Like there was this one time where he served uh, this guy who was dead and then Jesus met him and then he was no longer dead anymore. Like that was pretty big, Jesus did that. There was other times where Jesus showed up and he healed people. He did powerful things that matched up with his gifts and his abilities. He healed people of blindness. There were people that weren't able to walk, he healed them. There were people with leprosy, he healed them over and over again. He did these big and powerful things. God was powerful enough to do everything, but he was humble enough to do anything. So when the, when the situation came, it didn't matter what the job was. He knew he was of the Father. He knew he was of God and he was able to tackle anything that was in front of him. It didn't matter how big it was. It didn't matter how small it was. He was willing to do it because he had his title right. You see, I think that's what separated Jesus from everyone else in that room that night. You see, everyone else, they were a disciple. That's who they were. They were a follower of Jesus and they were at the top. They were at, top of, at, at the top of this new kingdom that was being ushered in. Jesus was the leader, Jesus was about to take over and they were about to have their spots. They thought they were royalty and they knew how royalty acted. So it never even crossed their mind when they walked into this room that one of them could wash each other's feet. 
They're a disciple. That's, that's not what disciples do. We're about to be leading this thing, baby. I'm not washing any feet. But Jesus, Jesus knows his title. It's son. Everything else was just what he did in the moment. He was a son, though, first. He was a teacher, for sure. He taught about the kingdom of God. Yeah, but he was a son first. He was a healer. He did miracles, for sure, but that's not who he was. Who he was was a son, and that identity is what shaped him, and that identity is what allowed him to say, nothing is above me and nothing is too low because my God is a God of really big things and my God is a God of really small things in the details, so yes, I will do anything and everything for my God, because I know I'm a son. Oh, come on, let's go. I know for me, uh, I'm a pastor. Maybe you're thinking, yep, we figured that. Microphone, stage, the whole thing. Uh, but this is what I went to school for. This is what I studied for. It's what I've been doing for years. And God has given me this. He's given me some abilities, some gifts to be able to do this. He has not gifted me in other areas, like in the area of construction, right? And I don't even know if that's what you call it, that area. Some of you are like, I don't know what you mean. Uh, building things, putting things together, using tools, not my speed. Like, it would bum you out if you had to watch me hammer something in or screw something in. You'd be like, wow, this good thing he does the preaching thing because this would not, this would not work out um, if this is what you were doing all the time. But nonetheless, Preaching is what I do, but when my dad calls me to come over and work on a project, when my dad calls me to come work on the deck, I'm there. And I have very little to offer. I'm not there because of my expertise, I'm there because I love my dad. Now, I've been helping him my whole life and not much has changed in how I help. When I was 10 years old, I held the board while he cut it. Anybody else have this role? This is when you know you're not good at anything when someone has you hold something all the time. 20 years later, I was just over there. I hold the board while he cuts it, all right? That's what I do. Advancements in technology has brought us here, though. When I was 10 years old, I held the board. He said, all right, I'm about to cut this. Close your eyes, don't let the dust get in there. 20 years later, we have safety goggles. So he gives me the glasses now before he starts cutting. But that is the only difference. I'm a child, all right? but I'm there to help. I will pick stuff up, I will move stuff, I will sweep the screws, I will pick things, I will do anything he asks me. And it's not because of what I'm doing or I think that it matches up with who I am, but it's because I get to be with my dad. And I know that this is a job that he wants done and I know no matter the role, it doesn't matter, I get to play a part of it and I get to be with my dad. That's why I'm there. He's my dad, I'm his son. Listen to this, this is the example that Jesus came to bring. When you know in this kingdom, which makes it so different, you're not just members, you're not just citizens, but you're family, you're sons and daughters of the kingdom, that you are sons and daughters of the king. It changes how you approach life. It's not about how good you are, how great you are at doing this, it just says no. My dad has called me to do this, and now I just wanna do what my dad's doing, because I know if I'm working, I'm gonna be alongside him, so yeah, I'll serve. I'm gonna love you like crazy. I'll show up early, I'll stay late, I'll sweep the floors, I'll change the lights, I'll do anything and everything because I know it is for my dad, and I know my dad loves you more than anything, and I know my dad's called me to put you above myself, so I'm here, and this is what so many of us have. This is why so many of us are serving right now. And we serve in all kinds of capacities. We serve foster kids here in our city. 
We serve out in the parking lot, directing traffic. We serve in security. We greet people. We welcome people. We serve kids. We do anything and everything because we want people everywhere to know about this kingdom and about this good king. And when we do this, when we put other people first, they don't forget it. It's life changing. When you put someone before yourself, it changes everything. You can just picture that. Think back to a time where someone put you above themselves. That when you were going through and, and you just noticed, wow, they didn't have to do that, but they did. It, it just changes your day. It changes even who you think, what you think about yourself. Like even small things. Like if you're at Chick-fil-A later this week and they got the double lanes going and you know that the person over here, they got there first. You know they got there first, but then there's that awkward time where you both pull up at the same time. And you're like, okay, who's gonna go first? Am I gonna go first? And they wave you on and then you wave them on. And protocol says they have to wave you again since you waved first, but you don't push that. So you just say, like, no, go. <laughs> you go. Me, seriously? Wow, no, I'm gonna go. You will tell everyone. You'll go home, how was your day? Day was good, got Chick-fil-A. You won't believe what happened. You won't believe it. I was in, no, I was in line behind this guy. We get to the spot, you know, where you go, I go, you go, I go. And he let me go. It was, it was unbelievable. When you put other people first, even in the little things, the big things, it makes a difference. Not only in your life, but in the lives of those that we serve, like Jay. Jay's a guy who goes to our church. Um, he's a busy man. He's a successful man, but he's someone that started serving in our special needs ministry. And his story is incredible. It was so, it was so incredible, we even asked him about it. Like, just tell us, how did you get here? How did you get to this spot of serving the way that you do? Because you're making an incredible difference. Look at what Jay said. Jay said, Jody, his wife, has an extensive amount of experience with kids. She has a gift of relating with children and a huge heart to go along with it. I had hesitations because I had little to no experience with kids and probably also let my masculinity get in the way of that path. I was nervous of how a grown man could possibly relate to these children. Now, if you wanna know how you can know if a grown man is nervous, it's when he tells you, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man, I'll take the trash out. I'm a grown man, I can sleep without the TV, I'm not afraid of the dark, I'm a grown man. But I love how vulnerable he is. He's like, I didn't see it. I figured I'm an adult male and I even maybe let my masculinity get in the way of that. But I looked at the serving opportunities and I didn't know where I fit in. And I had a lot going on, work is busy, life is crazy, but I thank God that he did not let any of that stop him. Instead, he said, I let God show me. And I was just open and I just went and I started serving. And he started serving in our special needs ministry here. And he has a buddy that he's with every single week and they hit it off and he got to know him. And then over the year, it moved past just a serving relationship. It became a real relationship. They started hanging out outside of church. They went on fishing trips. They went on camping trips. Now, Jay would say that, their family is our family. Like we are family. Church, right now, can we celebrate Jay right now? That's not normal. But Jesus said, for you, it will be different. There's so many stories like that that get my blood pumping to see other people putting others first. Like what's going on at our West Campus? 
Maybe you know this, but our West Campus has a set up and tear down team every week that turns a school into a church. And talk about not the right time. They have to get up before the sun does. They're there bright and early doing everything. Nothing is for them. Everything they set up is for someone else. Every sign, every kid's environment, every microphone, everything that they do is so that other people can come in and hear about this good king and this incredible kingdom that they can be a part of. Church, can we celebrate everyone on the West set up and tear down team? That's not normal. But Jesus said, among you, it will be different. And for everyone, just, I just wanna take a moment right now for everyone here at every campus in every room, if you serve in any capacity, could you just put a hand up? No matter the ministry, just if you serve here, just throw it up. Incredible, come on church, celebrate that at every single campus. You are putting others first. And people will not forget that. There's no way the disciples ever forgot that night that Jesus washed their feet. Jay, there's no way your buddy ever forgets those camping trips and those fishing trips. Wes, there's no way anyone's ever forgetting that time that they met Jesus in a school. It's not happening. Everyone here that serves, Please know that even when you don't get to see it, just by showing up and putting others first, you are saying something. You are speaking volumes about what the kingdom of God is like and you're making more of a difference than you'll ever know on this side of eternity. It's incredible. And this is us. This is who we are. We are the way we are because of Jesus. He's the ultimate example of all of this. When you wanna look to what does it look like to put others first, it's him. And you could see it, it's in the big things and in the little things. This week, whenever you find yourself just having a moment, whether you're in the drive-through, the hallway, your classroom, wherever you are, just have that thought. What would it look like in this moment to put the person in front of me before myself? What would it look like for me to serve? What would it look like for me to get involved and to not wait on the right opportunity, to not wait on the right time? And if you're here and you're saying, I, I want that, I just don't know where I belong, I just don't know where I fit in, but I'm, I'll serve, I'm ready. And we got one spot for you and it's called Growth Track. Come back next week. Next week, Growth Track is all about how to serve, how to get plugged into a serving team. We would love to have you. Have you. Growth Track happens at every campus after every service. Stop in there. We'd love to have you on the team. Because for all of us, what we're doing is following this beautiful example of Jesus. You can just look at his life and you can see this is someone that knew who he was. He said, I am a son of God. So whatever's happening, yes, I'll do it. You want me to leave heaven? Yes. You want me to wrap myself in skin and bones, the very skin and bones that I spoke into creation? I'll do it. You want me to go to them even though they won't understand, even though they'll think it's backwards and different, even though they'll reject me, you want me to go? I'll go. You want me to go there and go all the way to a cross? You want me to die for them? I'll do it. For me and you, God put us first. Jesus lived that perfect life. Jesus went to a cross for me and you, and he didn't just die for us. He rose. Three days later, Jesus rose. Jesus rose defeating sin and death. Jesus rose bringing in, ushering in this new kingdom. 
this new kingdom that says that you're not, you don't just belong, you're family. And that changes everything. And this is, this is, this is the essence of it all. The essence is that time is so short, there's no wrong time to start serving. The essence is in this teaching that we need to put others first. The essence is all right here. It's not to wait, but it's right now. And God knew this. He said, this is gonna be unbelievably hard. You to live this life, to live the life of a son, to do the work that I wanna do, to put other people first truly, to put other people first like Jesus did, you not only need the essence of what to do, you need my very essence. And Jesus said, if you just believe, believe in my finished work on the cross, believe that I'm a good king, believe that I was willing to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself, then I'm gonna send you my very essence. I'm gonna send you the spirit of God. And the spirit of God for all that live in God's kingdom lives in us. So everywhere that we go, the kingdom goes. And everywhere that we go, we have the power to take it. Everywhere we go, every situation we find ourselves in, we can serve the person in front of us. We have the power to do it in the name of Jesus. This is the kingdom. And we live in a unique time. We live in a time where Jesus has conquered the grave but we still have to die to ourselves every day. Don't let this just be another time that you heard about this golden rule. Don't let this be a time that you just heard about Jesus washing the feet of some men. This idea of putting others first can change the world, but it's hard. And what it takes is me and you waking up every single day and saying, no, I'm gonna die to myself. Today isn't about me. I'm gonna die to myself. It's not about what I want. I'm gonna put others in front of me. It's not about me. I'm gonna die to myself. I just wanna do the work of my Father. That's what I'm here to do. It takes me and you dying to ourselves every single day. But hear this, when we do this, when we live out this ethic, God said it'll be so different, you don't even know. You don't even know how, how different it'll be. It'll be so different, it'll change your life for sure. It'll change your relationships for sure. But by doing this, by taking my spirit with you, by living out this teaching, it'll change the world. That the city that you live in can begin to look like heaven. Think about that. That's what Jesus was saying. He said, if you believe in me, you pray this, my spirit comes, and it'll be like heaven is on earth. Heaven is on, can you picture that? Can you picture that kind of love where me and you are dying to ourselves, loving one another, that people mistake Indy for heaven. That's what we're here for. And if you're here today, and this is the first time you're hearing about this kingdom, we just want you to know the doors are wide open. The kingdom is yours, come on in. You are sons, you are daughters. Jesus proved that. Jesus stomped on the head of the serpent, the devil. Jesus crushed the enemy. He removed the prince and now me and you are family. You are welcome. And for the rest of us, I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna pray something crazy. If you're crazy enough to pray it, pray it with me. I'm gonna pray that we would go out from here and starting today, Indy would look more like heaven. If you're crazy enough, pray it with me. God, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for riling us up. I thank you for this example, for these pages. I thank you for this account that we have. This is what you really did. This is what you're really about. 
And this is what you've called us to. So God, I pray, I pray right now that we would die to ourselves and that seems different. But God, you said among you, it will be different. God, I pray right now, if there's no one that knows about your spirit, if there's anyone here that has a body that is not filled with your spirit, I pray that today would be the day. God, I pray that right now. Let that be a prayer that makes its way to heaven. Bring your spirit here, Jesus. And God, I pray as we go, we would live this out, that we would treat others how we wanna be treated. We would treat others how you treated us, which means we'll do anything. We'll love them like crazy, God. In doing so, we'll know that we're step by step in step with you, that we're walking with you, that you love this world more than we ever could, and we're here to help bring your kingdom. God, help us. God, I pray that starting this week, starting today, Indy begins to look more like heaven. Use us to do it, Jesus. Amen.